Welcome into the Fantasy Venoms podcast. Justin Herforth, along with Andrew Cook. We have a big show for you today. Before we get started, I just want to make sure you can follow us on all platforms. Uh, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Pocket Casks. Not Pocket Casks. Yeah, I was batting a thousand. Um, or uh, also you can find us on Radio Public. Also, we just got published to another one today. I don't know which one, but it was something else. So. Oh, cool. Even more the merrier at this point. <laughs> um, you can also follow us on Twitter at the FF Phenoms. Follow myself at Justin Herforth and Andrew at Phenom AC. Andrew, we have a really big show for them today. I know drafts are just around the corner. Yep. So you want to think always think of... Who are the breakout candidates? Who are the guys that you want to target in your drafts? We're gonna have that for you today. We're gonna to call that segment our fantasy phenoms. Uh, hint the little the little plug there, uh, and also uh, we have a sleeper segment as well. Just a few guys that you can target uh, a little bit later in the drafts that uh, we may not talk about, like the phenoms category. Uh, definitely in the sleepers category, we can cover a few of those. Yep. Yeah, and uh, basically, so fantasy phenoms. What we're kind of saying with that pick is we're saying we have a lot of confidence in these guys. We can easily, most likely, will end up with some of these guys on our teams in our draft, unless they get chosen above their ADP. We like them. Uh, if we put them on here, most likely we like them at their current ADP, unless we say otherwise. But uh, these are kind of our biggest picks. So uh, I'll just start it off here, and I guess we could start a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so my quarterback phenom is none other than Cam Newton. Okay. <laughs> we, we didn't share these before, so I'm really nervous. I didn't want him to choose the same people as me. Yeah, so I, I doubt we'll have the same people, but my quarterback at least is Cam Newton. So the reason that Cam is my QB phenom is right now he's going in round eight. He's the ninth quarterback taken, so he's going with all those kind of middle round quarterbacks. Nothing too crazy, but round eight, that's real good value for Cam. If you have a team, nice setup. Cam is great value there. Last year, he finishes the QB 13, so just out of that QB 1 range. Um, 20.2 points per game last year, which is pretty great. If I can get a quarterback 20.2 points per game, I'll take it. And that's with the fact he didn't even play week 16 and 17. Um, And out of the 14 games he did play, he had four 25-plus point weeks. So those are weeks that are going to win your week for you. When Cam goes off, most of the time he has a rushing touchdown in there. Uh, Only three games were under... 15 points, which I consider to be bust weeks. If you have under 15 from your quarterback, not really great. Most quarterbacks can put around, you know, 17 to 20. So, um, so what I talk about with Cam here is uh, the better or worse offense question. I think, I actually think the offense is going to be better. They lost Devin Funches, um, but I think that's actually positive for their offense. They should have more of an explosive offense, and the younger stars like Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, they actually have an opportunity now. And people might forget they added Chris Hogan, who's actually decent. I mean, he did, he did pretty good in, in New England for a little while. Um, so I think he might be a good addition. Also, right now the huddle is ranking their O-line as ninth best. So it's pretty solid O-line. Uh, I, for, I They might have drafted an O-lineman like in a second round or something. I uh, can't, can't remember, but they have a good O-line. Um And I don't think Cam's injuries are going to be too much of a problem this year. He's had a good amount of time to rest. I think he'll be okay with that shoulder last year. That was a big problem. So 
Um, I think and considering he had the exact same surgery again this fall off season. Yeah, I just I, I'm just not really concerned with Cam. And if you're drafting a quarterback in the eighth round, once it gets to the eighth, you're kind of taking shots on people mm-hmm. here that you believe in. That's fair. And I think Cam's upside is literally weak winning upside. And I think quarterbacks around then Cam can just I mean he could put up thirty, he can put up thirty five in a week, and it can give you crazy upside. So, and lastly, he starts the season against the Rams. So. Uh, that's going to be a lot of points. And then he goes to play the Bucks. Both games are at home. They're going to need to put up points against the Rams. They're going to need to put up points against the Bucks. Cam should go off. He should have a great... I think week one against the Rams, like, he should have to... He should have to have at least, like, 20 fantasy points in order to have them in that game. So, uh, that's my QB phenom. I think I'm confident in Cam. I like him as the ninth quarterback taken right now. I think upside top three quarterback. Uh, I can. I'm going to jump into my quarterback now. Sure. I'm sure you could probably guess who I'm going to pick. Yeah, uh, I have a. I have a guess. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I was actually going between two, mm. uh, the obvious and the not so obvious. But I'll, I'm going to go with my quarterback, Phenom Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> well, there's actually good legitimate facts behind it. Uh, let me get to it real quick. Okay. Um. So Wentz, he's definitely poised to have an extremely good 2019 season. They have major additions. They brought in Deshaun Jackson. That's one thing he's never had in his career. That that big play threat. He he expands the field for everybody around him. I know that's going to help Zach Ertz in the offense. It's going to help Alshon, Al, Alshon Jeffrey a great deal. Nelson Aguilar is going to get more open looks. Even Dallas Goddard. You ne- you mentioned all those names. They have so many weapons. Insane amount of weapons. They also added two extremely talented running backs in Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. Our Sega Whiteside new our wide receiver. Se- our Thega Whiteside actually. Nah, I, I'm not no. I refuse to pronounce it's it that way. I will not pronounce That's it That's how you that pronounce way. it. I just will not. It came from the man himself. It's Arthega. Not Arcega. Has, has his mother said that? I I, I, I cannot quote his oh, okay. mother at this Well, point. then I'm going to reach out to his mother. I'm going to call his Does mother. Does she have a Twitter? Deshaun Jackson's mom followed me on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe reach out get... to her. Reach out to Deshaun's yeah, mom. Can... Maybe <laughs> maybe he, had, like, he has connections exactly. with... Arthega Whiteside's mom. Oh, gosh. So, you never know. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, they had an insane amount of talent. Uh, there's that Obviously, that offense is extremely talented uh, with the skill position players. One thing that really stands out to me, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, they did a uh, ranking of, of all the offensive lines in the entire NFL. They ranked the Eagles as number one heading into the season. With a, I think they were number one last year, too. They were. They? Or they were at least at the top. Yeah, yeah like their O-1 is extremely <laughs> efficient, and they also added a first-round pick, Andre Dillard. Yeah. So he's an extremely good prospect coming out because we know Jason Peters. He's not going to hold up every single play of an entire game. He probably hopples off at least yeah. 16 times a game. He'll hopple off tonight. Is he playing in the preseason game? Uh, I think he is playing tonight. <laughs> so, he he said verbatim, he said he wants to play the entire game. He's not going to play the entire game. He'll be lucky to get two series in If we didn't point. say it earlier, today's August 22nd. I'm not sure if we it, said today's it. Today's August 22nd. But, um, there's and preseason it, it, games tonight. So. Preseason week three, the big uh, dress rehearsal. As Darius Geis is playing Darius some Geis of the highlights. That's you know, a, headliners. That's, that's going to be a big headline performance, potentially. Uh, you're going to see if he can actually take a like a stranglehold of that Washington backfield. That's going to help his draft position a lot. I think. Oh, if he if he shows up tonight, I think Geis is going to hop into like literally. I think right now fourth Geis, round. I think he could go all the way up to Geis, fourth. I think right now Geis is going like round seven. So yeah. round four, that's a little bit of a stretch. I think he could if if Geis goes off. If he has a good night, people are going to be on the hype train because he doesn't have anyone else to beat out. Adrian Peterson. I mean. And Chris Thompson is going to do Chris Thompson stuff. But, That's true. I mean. Oh, well, anyway, back to Carson Wentz. I'm oh, yeah. Gonna, I don't Carson know how I got him. Darius yeah, Geist there. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, my favorite man in the entire world. <laughs> um, Carson Wentz. Uh, so I can give you a nice stat here. 
because uh, I'm not just being a home like a, a home fan <laughs> yeah, based yeah. person kind of thing. I'm actually gonna go with the legitimate facts. In 17 of his last 24 games, he scored at least 18 fantasy points. That's a really durable, uh, really like really solid, consistent performer uh, in that regard as well. So he's back and healthy. Uh, he's had some issues with health the last couple of years, kind of a lot of fluke injuries. He tore his ACL and uh, LCL against the Rams back in 2017. Then last year, I believe against the Giants, he got bent a weird way, uh, fractured a bone in his back. I, I think it was actually against the Vikings when mm-hmm. that happened. Uh, so freak injuries. He's got an extremely durable offensive line in front of him now. Uh, and he's actually slimmed down a little bit so that it increases mobility, and he's also added lean muscle. So that's going to help prevent further injuries. He's able to like, escape those little freak incidents there. He's he's learned his lesson. He's going to play smart. He's going to get out of bounds. He's going to slide. He's going to do whatever it takes to be on that field for 16 games because I know winning the Super Bowl, being on the bench, seeing that happen from the sideline, that he can say whatever he wants. That's going to rub me the wrong way. I want yeah. to be the one holding that trophy. He wants to be there in February. He's going to do everything he can to, and I think he will be there uh, for the long haul in that offense. So, and he's able. To, you're able to draft Wentz in the seventh round. I know a mm-hmm. lot of these quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, especially. You're going to get them. Even Baker Mayfield at this point, they're going to like Mahomes is going to go like round two, early round three. So that's not even part of this discussion. But like those other quarterbacks I mentioned, they're going to go round four, round five. You can get Wentz in round seven, and the drop off is not very significant between those players and Wentz. And I honestly think Wentz uh, with like the, like the ability he has and the situation he's in, he has the ability to be a top five quarterback. We saw it in 2017. He could definitely do it again because he is 100% healthy and he, another year removed from that knee injury. So you'd take Wentz over Cam? Yes, because mm-hmm. I think it's a better offense. Okay, okay, okay. I, now I see Cam as the hot. I think he has a higher ceiling than Carson does. And his his shoulder really concerns me. Like the throw, because he Cam he was probably I think he was the number one quarterback when he was actually healthy last year. But that shoulder, like two surgeries in a row, two years in a row, that, that it just rubs me the wrong way. I'm like I want to see what he looks like because I know I think he was fine until about week eight, week nine. That's when he slowly started to go downhill. Yeah. Um, it's it's really it's really tough to like, kind of judge him from that. It's basically a gut call at that point for Cam. The only thing I figure is. With quarterbacks, at least, I think it's different for a running back or wide receiver. Even if he gets hurt and it's at the point of him not doing well, like, he's droppable. Like, you can stream a quarterback. If you're, you know, if you're like that for running back or wide receiver, you're kind of screwed. Like, especially at running back, you don't really want to draft an injury-prone guy. But I think quarterback's one of the positions where if he does get injured, start to do bad, you can just stream and just pick a, you know, a quarterback off the waiver wire Mm -hmm. each week. So, um, it's possible. Same, basically, scenario with Wentz, too. If Wentz is dealing with injury issues, which... We'll see, but I don't know. Uh, all right, let's move into our running back. You want me to go first, or do you want to go? That's all you, man. So, do you have a guess at who my running back would be? I don't know, honestly. Okay, he's going in the third round. What would your guess be? I've taken him in a lot of mocks. I'm honestly blanking right now. Okay, my oh wait, phenom running back Maybe. is Devonta Freeman. Yep. So, Devonta Freeman... Out of all the play, out of all these players uh, that I'm listing for phenoms, he's like number one. Like most likely, I'll have him in our draft as long as no one else takes him. Um, They're not he, listening to this anyway. So yeah, yeah, exactly. His <laughs> ADP is round three. Uh, he'll be the fifteenth running back taken. Fifteenth running back taken, Devonta Freeman. He only played two games last year, so that's clearly one of the reasons why. Um, but in 2017. 
he was the running back 13. So he was almost an RB1, and he missed three weeks. He was still almost an RB1, and he missed three weeks. In 2016, he was RB6. What was he in 2015? Do you know? I don't. He was RB1. Wow. So the value... Devonta Freeman's clearly talented. We know he can finish at the RB1. Just literally just comes down to health. Mm-hmm. Opportunities there. Ito Smith, not no He's worry not whatsoever. Literally, it just comes down to health. So if I'm sitting there round three, I take him as my RB2. I don't want him as my RB1. Definitely don't want Freeman as my RB1. If I can get him, pair him, pair him with one of those uh, early guys, McCaffrey, Kamara. If you can have that in Freeman, oh, I love that team. I absolutely love that team. Um, and again, comes down to what's the offense look like this year? Really the same. Not much has changed. Uh, they have a 15th offensive line rank on Hoddle, so they're right in the middle. Uh, no more Tevin Coleman. I think that's a boost to Devonta Freeman. You would occasionally see those drives where Coleman would just get a bunch of handoffs, whether that was limiting Freeman because of injury or just they like Coleman. Um combination of both probably but at his adp you're getting insane value like insane value if he's healthy if devonta freeman's healthy he's a top five running back i guaranteed if he's healthy he's a top five running back so you're drafting at the beginning of the third mid third where he's going you're getting you're taking a bit of a risk a bit of a risk but if it pays off you're getting a a league winning running back i think league winning um i will say this if you do draft him though i see the handcuff is probably either Edo smith or brian hill but i would probably just draft Edo smith i don't know i don't exactly know who to even pair up with him at that point but uh i think you're just kind of hoping for him to be healthy and like i said only pair him with a solid rb1 if you have him and then i'd recommend drafting more running backs as the draft goes on just in case freeman gets injured but that's my case for devonta freeman uh huge fan draft him this year uh i he's healthy you want him on your team trust me so justin what are you thinking who's your running back so i've done a little bit of tilting here over uh the last couple minutes actually um so my r uh my rb phenom yeah uh it's gonna be chris carson of the seattle seahawks okay Uh, i'm extremely high on this guy last year he was probably banged up almost every other week of the entire season uh and he finished as the rb12 so that's pretty incredible to see he averaged 13 points a game and that's even without having any sort of like effect in the passing game he only had 24 targets the entire season and the reason he is my phenom is all offseason reports Pete Carroll's come out and said it he's been extremely effective so far in training camp and OTAs he's getting the work in the passing downs so that's really uh it really honestly bumps up you're buying the passing. I am 100% buying into that uh from Pete Carroll because he's not going to come out and say that if it's just kind of like all unless he's just trying to hype him up but i i don't think that's the case um i mean rashad penny's behind him uh he's a good talent he was a first round pick but carson last year he did establish himself as a dominant uh threat for the like honestly just for fantasy sure Uh, i can give you like his stats over the last four weeks of the season he averaged 18 and a half points he went 15 20.8 23.6 18.9 that's uh, he's performing where you need him to perform uh, down the stretch in the season, uh, he's getting, he, he helped people win championships last season, uh, and he can definitely do the same for you again this year. Uh, he's currently going in round three, which I think is an incredible value for him. Even if he doesn't get the... Like, I've the, seen him even go four. Yeah, if three or four. Like, 
even if he doesn't get like an ex- like more of an expanded role in the passing game, he still finished RB12, only getting 24 targets. He had 163 yards and no touchdowns through the, through the air. So I'm extremely confident in uh, Chris Carson's abilities to uh, definitely shoot up the draft board. Like He's already gone up from, I think, like round five like a couple yeah. weeks ago mm-hmm. up to round three now. So if you're sitting in round three, uh, he'd be a great RB two for your roster. Honestly, I could even be comfortable with him as an RB one if you like st- wow, if you stack really? if you stack those two wide receivers, which I never really do personally. But if that is the philosophy you want to go by, it, I mean, it's possible you have a guy like maybe Michael Thomas and you have like Juju. If you yeah, have Michael Thomas and Juju, I would I would love having Chris Carson then on that roster. I mean, that's a pretty safe roster. You have Michael Thomas, Juju, Chris Carson, especially in Seattle. Floor. Seattle, they want to run the ball. They want the offense to be out of Russell Wilson's hands. They want to hand it off. Chris Carson will get the line share of carries. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, you have anything else to say about him? Or are you good? I think I'm good. All right, I'm moving to my wide receiver phenom. Uh, yeah, I, I think Justin might like this guy too. Hopefully, he's not his wide oh, receiver. Please phenom. don't be my guy. Uh, mine's Robert Woods. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so, all right, good. Um, yeah, Robert Woods, uh, ADP right now, round four, 17th wide receiver, going right behind Brandon Cook. So. This comes down to which receiver do you like best? I think Cup's a little bit later. I don't really think he's in the discussion too much because of injury. Uh, Brandon Cooks, he's a boomer bust guy. I want Robert Woods. To me, he's the perfect wide receiver too. He is such he's so safe. If you look at his stats from last year, he averaged thirteen point nine points per game, and he didn't he really didn't bust much. Like he was consistently around ten like every single game. That's what I want out of my wide receiver too. Uh, and clearly, he's the true number one. Like, he's the actual number one. Brandon Cooks, he's he's going to get the ball. He's going to have his games where he blows up, but Woods will still be effective in those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, offense, it's a bit worse, probably. Um, the offense is a bit worse because Cup is coming back. He could be injured. Todd Gurley's dealing with his... They have had offensive line issues throughout yeah. the preseason and offseason, so that's something to definitely take into consideration. It is gonna, I think it is going to be a worse offense, but I think that shouldn't affect Woods that much. No. Uh, I think he'll be fine. And when it comes to schedule, he has a great start to his schedule. Panthers, Saints, Brown, Bucks, Browns, Bucks. It's the eighth easiest strength of schedule. Um, Panthers, Saints, Brown, Bucks, that, that's another... More matchups that are going to be involving points. They're going to be scoring. Both offenses are going to be high-flying. Uh, I mean, those are some of the most high-powered offenses in the league, so they're going to have to put up points. Robert Woods should be able to get a good amount of points there. Um, once again, he's, he really is the perfect wide receiver, too, to have. Safe floor. Doesn't doesn't get hurt. Played all, all uh, 16 games last year, and he's on a good offense. So, confidently draft Robert Woods in all my mocks. If I get to round four... I need a wide receiver. I'm constantly taking Woods. Uh, other people that go around in that range are Kenny Galladay, uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, I'm still going to take Woods over them. Godwin is the two. I can see some games where he doesn't have as productive of a game compared to Woods. Galladay is just not on that great of offense, so that's why I go with Woods there. Um, but go ahead. What do you what do you think for your wide receiver phenom? Do you like my Woods pick at least? I do like your Woods okay. pick. Uh, you actually did mention my phenom in those little uh, those few receivers you mentioned there. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'm gonna drop I'm, I'm, I'm gonna like drop a few hints. It's, okay. You're gonna guess I it. Think in I think I know about, who it is. You're gonna already. guess it in about five seconds. Sure. Um. So look at us. Like I want you to like look at the situation, uh, and the opportunity this player had last season, and let me know if you think he could be wide receiver 28 okay. of the season. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna be in a poor offensive system. 
with no quarterback consistency whatsoever. Uh, you have a hyper-targeted number one receiver, mm-hmm. a big play threat. He's explosive down the field, <laughs> and you have a really savvy slot receiver who, okay. who get a lot of targets throughout the offense. Does the big play receiver, did he happen to switch teams? No. He's on the same team. He's on the same team. And I mentioned him, huh? You mentioned, like, that's not the, the big play sure, receiver's sure, not sure. the one I mentioned. He's the, he's the number two okay. in that offense. Okay, okay. Continue your... So he was ranked number 28 in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, in the first, hang on, I'm like, I'm so out of sorts right now. I'm trying to I think wanna, of no, give, me, give me a guess. I thought originally I'm, you I'm were gonna, saying Chris Godwin. That's who I was saying. Because that's why I said, did he did the deep threat change teams? Because just oh, I, 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 thought, the I thought you said the number one. Oh, that's no. My bad. I was talking about the DJ. Okay, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That, that player did change teams. So, yeah, Chris Godwin. Okay. Chris Godwin. That's I am pick. so high on Chris Godwin. Uh, he, in seven... I'm, oh, I'm literally like just so I'm so excited I can't even talk right now. <laughs> just that excited about Chris Godwin. I mean, he he's like I'm like gushing with excitement about him. He's going in like round four, round five, mm-hmm. so it's an extremely strong value for him. Yep. So in seven games last season, Godwin had over ten fantasy points when he was actually given an opportunity to uh, have that lion's share of targets. Uh, this includes a week seventeen performance against the Falcons when he was actually showcased. He went off for six catches, 114 yards, and two touchdowns. So, huge performance from Godwin. Uh, you don't have Deshaun Jackson in the fold anymore. You don't have Adam Humphreys in the ro- in that role anymore. So, he is the bona fide number two. And you got rid of uh, Dirk Cutter's old system, which did not work at all. You got rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you brought in a quarterback guru in Bruce Arians. He's going to mentor Jameis Winston. He's going to hopefully cut down the turnovers. He's going to increase his efficiency. And he's going to look Chris Godwin's way because, obviously, Mike Evans, he's going to get those double teams. He had an extremely effective 2018 season, so teams are going to try and take him out of the offense. And they're going to sling the ball around. They're going to be down a lot in these games because they're not a very good football team. Their defense is not very strong, so they're going to be coming from behind. Godwin's going to get their share of targets as a result. And another thing to point out, since he's coming out of Penn State, he's been well-regarded as one of the smoothest route runners, like, Throughout the draft process and even in the league, he uh, he has one of the highest rates for separation, like almost on every single route he's run. So that's something to definitely look forward to. He has great hands. He's gone up and got those contested balls. You can even see the highlights in training camp uh, on Twitter. He goes up, he gets those contested balls, corner the end zone, snags it down. So I'm extremely high on Chris Godwin heading into this season, and he's a great value because if you if you don't want to spend that pick on like Mike Evans later early in the draft. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Mike Evans too, but it's kind of like a, like a double-edged sword there. You want to like consider, hey, I, I could get, like pick up this running back here. Uh, I, I I do like that Tampa Bay system. I don't want to pay up for Mike Evans here. You can get uh, Chris Godwin two or three like rounds later. So that's a great value for still a extremely effective performer. He has the ability uh, to like honestly have the season kind of like Pittsburgh did last year. They had Juju and as well as Antonio Brown. And those wide receiver one conversations, I think it could be a similar conversation in Tampa in Tampa Bay this uh, upcoming season. So. Yeah, I think they're going to have to throw the ball. Their rushing game, it they might finish as last in the league it's, in rushing. It's, po- it's definitely possible. I mean, they're competing with like what the Bills and I mean the Bills might be higher because of Josh Allen running, but uh, in terms of actual rushing yards, they're going to be towards the bottom, I think. Uh, so which will force them to throw the ball and. They're probably going to be down. And they're scheduled to open up the year. It's pretty pretty appetizing. I mean, literally their division. Like, when you play against teams in that, the Panthers, Saints, when you're playing against those teams, that so many points mm-hmm. up on the board. And if you ever watch the games, just watch, like, a Saints-Buccaneers game. It's just points. All yep. it is is just constant scoring. So, I mean, there's... 
I Chris Godwin's gonna finish as a wide receiver too, at least. Oh, I, like I, that's his floor at this point, and like I would be so comfortable taking him round four, round five, knowing he's at least gonna be a top twenty-four player this season. Right. Yeah. Well, we can move into our uh, tight ends here. My fantasy phenom, tight end, tight end phenom is Eric Ebron. This was hard to figure out a tight end for me. Uh, I went a few in between a few names. I'll kind of name them. Almost went David Njoku. Uh, just didn't really see enough production out of him. Also, was kind of thinking Kyle Rudolph. Really? I just... I wanted to go OJ Howard, but... that's I think it's too obvious. Th- exactly. That's why I didn't. I was going to pick OJ Howard, but I figured it was too obvious. Also, I think in some drafts, I think it's possible I don't actually pick him in the fifth round because I just want a flex option instead of my tight end. So, Eric Ebron, his ADP right now is round eight. Uh, he's the ninth tight end off the board. Round eight, I think, again, like I said earlier with Cam, I think you can start taking shots on people then. Those first seven, first six, seven picks, you want consistent players you know can produce. Um, last year, he's finished at the tight end four. So we know what his ceiling is. He had 13 touchdowns. I know it's not going to be like that again. It's going to decline, most likely. Um, Jack Doyle is going to be back. But still, I think at round eight, you're getting an incredibly high ceiling for a tight end, a huge red zone target that Andrew Luck, assuming he's healthy, is going to constantly want to throw to. In the red zone, I mean, I, I see it being Doyle, Ebron. I mean, those are going to be their red zone targets, I think. No, so. Ali Cox. Yeah, nah, I, th- I think he, like, if they're in, like, a goal line situation, they could easily run a two or three tight end set. I think he could snag a few touchdowns away yeah. from Ebron. Yeah, they could. I just, I just... In terms of tight ends, I think it really does drop off after, like, O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram. So, I think in round eight, I just want to take the shot on Ebron because I've seen it before. Yeah. Um, at his current ADP, you're getting a great value. Uh, it's kind of... I mean, I mean, you're literally you're getting the tight end four in round eight. So, this last year's tight end four. So, he's not a high price. If he was actually going at his tight end four price, he'd probably be going around probably the fifth round. Yeah, the reason he's going that low is the fact that Doyle is back and healthy. Right. If, like, say Doyle was out of the picture completely, he would easily be up probably even, like, earlier than, like, Evan Ingram, O.J. Howard. They'd probably be going, like, round four, even in round five at the, that point. The thing is, is he even when Doyle was in, though, he still did, like, he still produced. I mean, it wasn't, his snap count went down, but... It did. It, I mean, at some points, like, he has, like, 20-something percent snap count. But you know the snaps he's going to be in are going to be, like, these touchdown red zone snaps. And I think from a tight end, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I don't expect to be drafting a tight end in the eighth round that's going to be getting targeted in the offense. That's going to, you know... That's fair. I, I don't really expect to be getting a tar- tight end that's going to have five receptions for 60 yards or something in the eighth round. Like, most of the time, I'm looking for someone that's going to hit on touchdowns and be a red zone threat, so... Uh, I think that that could be Ebron. Um, if he doesn't hit, I mean, you're out in eighth round pick. I, you, you know, you're taking a shot on tight end. You're out in eighth round pick. I don't think it's that bad. If he does, he could easily be top five tight end. With how tight ends are, you know, he could easily be top five. Uh, and he was, don't forget, he was a high draft pick tight end. He was drafted 10th overall in 2014. And when he was with the Colts, uh, or with uh, the Lions, <laughs> clearly they didn't utilize him very well. But since he went to Indianapolis, they are uh, making use of him. We'll see what happens with Jack Doyle, but Eric Ebron is my uh, phenom. All right, I'm going to move into mine now. 
so this guy goes a little bit earlier than uh, Eric Ebron does. So tight end, it's one of the hardest positions in fantasy football over the last couple years. Uh, it's been a lot of garbage, honestly, to be completely blunt about it. Yep. Um, so this guy, he's I would classify him not really as a tight end at this point in his career. He's more or less like a really oversized slot receiver. Okay. Uh, I'm going with Evan Ingram of the New York mm-hmm. Giants. So he makes the tight end position a little bit easier to pick. Um, so I'm going to talk about the last four weeks of the season. This is when Odell Beckham, the last four weeks of the uh, fantasy football season. Sure. So Odell Beckham, he was shut down. They're going to – actually, Evan Ingram just came back from injury at that point. Uh, so with the, that four-game stretch, Ingram went on a tear. He averaged 10.6 points per game in that span, which that definitely is on the upper echelon for tight ends. Uh, and with the lack of weapons in New York, in New York at this moment, Golden Tate suspended – uh, you're looking at Cody Latimer like in, as a wide receiver right now. Like Sterling Shepard, he's banged up. Uh, yeah, he is coming back, though. I think he is going to be back. Yeah, he'll be back in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and then Corey Coleman, he tore his ACL. So you have a very thin wide receiver core there. Not a lot of people who are really going to pop off a page uh, talent-wise. Uh, Other than Saquon. Saquon and yeah, Ingram, really. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver-wise, there's not really much to write home about. Saquon Barkley, obviously, he's incredible uh, through the ground and through the air. So he's going to get a lot of looks as well. So I think Ingram, he's going to see the lion's share of targets, at least through this first few weeks, as throwing Shepard is eased back in. And even even when Shepard is back, it's just going to open things up more for Ingram because the outside of the field is going to be uh, Sterling Shepard. Inside is going to be dominated by Ingram. So that's definitely something that you want to take advantage of because he does have the size and speed uh if he's on a linebacker he's gonna outrun him oh yeah so fast yeah it's just not even fair at that point um it's just really not fair they have to throw teams have to throw cornerbacks on him Mm -hmm. and it's just really a mismatch for all those defenses when and then he's a nightmare for game planning so definitely take a look at evan ingram uh and you can currently get him in around the sixth round so that's still a pretty solid value uh, you're able to get that depth on your team get those few running backs receivers uh then you can snag up a tight end yeah my problem with e- I, my problem with ingram is kind of where he's going i think in a lot of the mocks i've done he's gone late fifth and most of the time when i'm there I end up wanting to pick my flex guy rather than a if tight end. If it's the fifth round, I'm not taking him. But value-wise, in round six, I would be I agree. really comfortable I th- with I, that. If you can get him sixth round, I think that's great. Um, also, it's important to note that these picks, like, for example, I have Eric Ebron. Justin has Evan Ingram. I think Evan Ingram is going to do better than Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, based on our picks are based on ADP here yeah. and where we think the value is going. Just because I have Cam doesn't mean I think he's my top quarterback. Robert Woods not my top wide receiver. We just like him at the current ADP. So I I I like your pick of Evan Ingram. Um, I was also considering him. I just most of the time in mocks I struggle because Robert Woods tends to go around that area along with Godwin when they start to go. Like, in late fifth, if Godwin's there, sometimes when I've done mocks, it's been like, Godwin's there at wide receiver, and then you have, like, Evan Ingram or O.J. Howard sitting there at tight end. And most of the time, I just take the wide receiver flex guy or a guy like Miles Sanders at running back or something like that. But uh, Those are our phenoms. Uh, basically, you consider it our best bets, guys we like at their ADP, people we think we should you should target in your draft at the right price, of course. Uh, we can move into our sleepers now. These are people, we're not going to talk too much about them. We're just going to give you kind of a few targets that we think you can get in later rounds and are good values at their current ADP. Uh, I'll start out. I'll just go with a quick quarterback. Uh, that's Philip Rivers. He's 
He's just so consistent, and he has weapons galore this year. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. Uh, going to be throwing to Austin Eckler, most likely, because Melvin Gordon's not going to be there. But uh, I think Phillip Rivers, just give me that value as a quarterback. You can probably, you know, I, I would assume I haven't looked, but I guess he's probably going around like the QB 12, somewhere around there. Um, so that's probably in the 10th round. 11th round, something like that. Grab Phillip Rivers. He's a weekly starter. I played him, like, all of last year, all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my quarterback sleeper. Who's yours? Uh, my quarterback sleeper is Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. I can definitely attest to this. I had him in my league last year. Picked him up off the waiver wire after Carson Wentz was shut down for the season, and he went off. He has the ability to dominate through the air uh, with his cannon arm uh, and he's able to beat you on the ground as well so uh, if you're able to run the ball in fantasy football your value goes up tremendously and Allen he's going to look to make that year two leap and I definitely think he can uh, improve offense a little bit they have some more running back depth they have Shady McCoy uh, they also added like Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon uh, so there's plenty of different uh, options in that backfield right now um they added some wide receivers as well they got cole beasley i believe john brown as well okay uh so they have plenty of depth there they got added some experience so and they also have uh year two i'm going to talk about this guy in a little bit uh so you can might as well move right into him i, I can move into him now uh my uh sleeper wide receiver uh one of, one of them is zay jones uh so in that span over the last five weeks zay jones he was responsible for five touchdowns so Obviously, a big play threat. They've had that chemistry. They have an entire offseason to work together, uh, knowing they will be a big part of that offense. So definitely get Zay Jones later in that draft. I know uh, one huge factor for Josh Allen, if you decide to wait for a quarterback, you can get him round 10, round 11, depending on how your draft falls. Mm-hmm. So that's an extremely good value uh, for someone who honestly can break into that top 12. Yeah, and Zay, at least for Zay Jones, um one of his concerns is like off the field stuff because I know yeah. he dealt with it might have been drug charges something mm-hmm. like that so hopefully that doesn't bother him anymore um he's a young wide receiver I think it might be this is probably his third year I it's would say se- it's, he was, it I believe he was a rookie last year was he I believe so okay well then it's his second year which is I mean that's when wide receivers should kind of start busting out so Zay Jones could could have a good year um Bill's offense I think still isn't great. I'm not high on the offense, but the fantasy production, at least from Josh Allen, I'm really high on. Zay Jones, late round sleeper, so definitely somebody to kind of t- keep an eye on as your draft is winding down. Sure. Uh, I'll mention a couple of my wide receivers. Um, <laughs> firstly, my first one in my notes, I have I guess it auto-corrected, so his first name right now is Alston Jeffrey. Oh, okay. So, Alston Jeffrey okay. of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it's actually Alshon Jeffrey, if you don't know, but uh, can you can you you could like pair him on your fantasy roster with like Jubies, <laughs> with Jubies, with yeah. Jubies, yeah, like with... Alston and Jubies. Yeah, if you can have Drew Brees, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alshon Jeffrey, guaranteed wins. Oh, fantastic! Uh, now Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's like being forgotten about this year. Really, he's going pretty late, uh, and he's the number one wide receiver for the Eagles. So I don't really understand why. I mean, like. The Eagles are going to be good. People know they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. And Alshon Jeffrey is the number one wide receiver. So if you can get him in this seventh round, like, give me that all day. When can you draft a wide receiver one in the sixth or seventh round for one of the top five offenses in the league? That's crazy to That's me true. that he's going there. I think he should be going in the fourth. I don't even – I don't – I don't get that 80 Would you take him in the fourth? 
<laughs> Certainly not because I know his ADP. And I wouldn't take him in the fourth. Guys that are going or I mean, Ro like Robert Woods. I'll take Robert Woods. But Alshon Jeffrey, honestly, I take him... I take him in the sixth because if his ADP is like around the seventh, I take him in the sixth. Um, and then another wide receiver sleeper that I have. Uh, I'm not gonna explain the Alshon pick too much. Alshon, number one Eagles wide receiver. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. They have a lot of options, but I think he'll be good. Emmanuel Sanders is my other sleeper pick. Hmm. I mean, he had that injury, but apparently That's he's a big ready injury. to go. That's a, that is a huge injury. Apparently he's ready to go. And what is Joe Flacco's number one thing that he loves to do? Throw it short. <laughs> Joe Flacco, but he is a cannon. Yeah, but he decides to check it down every but single time. But he is time. a cannon. He does Joe have Flacco a cannon. Is a cannon. He literally... I can guarantee you he's going to bomb the ball to Emmanuel Sanders. Why does Joe Flacco care at this point? He's not in Baltimore. He's in Denver. He knows they're probably going to lose and not do very good. I think he's just going to bomb the ball down to Emmanuel Sanders. Like, just give him targets. And, I mean, Cortland Sutton is... Eh, it's Cortland Sutton. He's okay. Eh, he's okay. But I think Emmanuel Sanders could be a good sleeper. Stash him on your bench. Don't pick him too early, but... Yeah, just get him a pick for later. And if he pops off, you have a solid wide receiver, too. Uh, into running backs... You have a running back sleeper. I do have I have one running back sleeper. All right, let's hear it. Uh, so my running back sleeper, uh, as it stands right now, he's a very good value. Uh, Austin Eckler of the L.A. Chargers. So as you probably know, you, I, if you don't know, I'm really surprised. Uh, Melvin Gordon. If you don't know, I hope you listen to this podcast by t the time your draft is. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know already, Melvin Gordon, he's not there. Uh, so there's a likelihood he's not there the entire year. That's getting pretty nasty. Uh why not get the number one running back on a very prolific offense? So Austin Eckler last year when he was actually given the opportunity was extremely effective. Uh, even when Melvin Gordon was there, he had standalone value. So he's an extremely good threat mm -hmm. through the passing game on the ground. He can he can hit the hole. He can bounce it outside, run it inside. He's kind of versatile in all aspects there. Yeah. So I'm really high on him. I know he is with Justin Jackson, but he's gonna get Justin Jackson will get used. Yes, but like. Uh, Austin Eckler, he, at, at the worst case, will be a third down back. He'll be mixed in there on first and second down. I think it will be a committee there, but Austin Eckler definitely does have that uh, standalone value yep. that he can be a, a very good value, in, especially late in drafts. Uh, he's currently going, I believe, in like round seven into round eight in uh, yeah. certain drafts. Mm -hmm. So if I can get, if I can snag a guy there that is potentially a starting running back for the entire season, I'm going to do that every single day of the week. Uh, it's just nothing really to think about at that point. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think I'm I, the Gordon's most likely gonna miss it, at least like the first worst worst case. He's gonna come back week ten, because uh, that's at that point uh, you can still accrue a full season, quote unquote, uh, and still be eligible for free agency. So you could either see that happening or basically a Lev Bell situation. He just sits out the entire year and plays the, the Chargers' hand at that point. I mean, Eckler represents an easy week one flex option. For sure. Melvin Gordon doesn't play. You could plug Eckler in, and, I mean, most likely you're, you're going to get some production at the mm -hmm. flex spot. And you don't even have to draft him as a flex spot. If he's going towards the seventh, you know, around the seventh round, you could draft him a little later, and yep. you can kind of decide who you want to put at your flex. And then, you know, maybe somehow Melvin Gordon signs whatever. You just have Eckler, you know, there waiting on your bench, who you can still use as a flex somewhere down the line. For sure. Um but, yeah, I like the pick of Eckler for sure. Um, I have two. My first is Deion Lewis. I'm not high on the Titans offense, but... Let's hear why you're high on Deion Lewis, then. Well, I just like Deion Lewis, man, because 
Titans are going to be behind. Uh, I don't know. I, I, they're a bad team. I think they're a bad team. But I think they're going to be behind. And Derrick Henry's dealing with some injury issues. If Derrick Henry is, continues to deal with those injury issues, Deion Lewis is the number one. And But he was the number one last year as well. Didn't really do much with it. But when... he, no, he had some weeks. He had some weeks where he had good weeks, though. Mm. I, I can't give you specific stats. I don't have his stats pulled up. But I, Justin will check right now for me. But I... I feel like Deion Lewis had a few weeks last year where he was a flex-worthy option. And I think for where he's being drafted, like, you're getting... Uh, uh, he's pretty late value. I feel like if he turns out to end up being a starter with Henry out or a flex option, I see him as pretty similar as to Eckler, except that Eckler's on a much better offense and has better fantasy value. But a deep sleeper is Deion Lewis. So do you have any stats for Deion Lewis? For... All right, so he did start out the season uh, pretty strong. Uh, then you can kind of just see it's kind of like a roller coaster ride at that point. So week one, 17. Week two, 4.3. Week three, 4. Week, week four, 6.6. Week five, 2.8. Then 1.4. Then he popped up for 15.5, 18.2. Then down to 6.8, 3.2, 4.1, 3.4, 5.2, 4.4. Right. 2.5 and rounding it out, 2.3. <laughs> so you not you really don't see a consistent performer there. I agree. He had... He had three weeks. He had good production, but are you really going to keep someone on your roster? So at that point in the season, he his last good game was in Week 9 against Dallas. So then after that, he did not go over 6.8 points. That, yeah, was, his, that was his best performance. The reason, that. That, But I think at the value, you're, you're getting him really late. You're getting down those really late. People are like forgetting about him. I think he's just a worthy running back to just stash on your bench and at least see if anything happens with him. I don't know. He... We know he's got... He's at least has talent. Like, he's super fast in the NFL. If you have speed, I mean, you can make plays happen. Uh, hence, like, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake barely played any snaps, but made crazy plays. So, uh, yeah, Deion Lewis and my other one's Duke Johnson. Uh, I know a lot of people don't really like Duke Johnson, I'm but... Kinda, I, I like Duke Johnson this year. I mean, he's paired with Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller isn't a crazy talent. I could see Duke Johnson getting some work with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins... You know, DeAndre Hopkins gets double covered down the field. They check it down to Duke Johnson, sprints for 20 yards. Like, I could easily see that happening. Uh, I just like both of them as a value. I do not recommend taking, and you know, either of those above, like, round probably 8. Don't take them ahead of round 8, but maybe once you get into, like, 9, 10, 11, you know, you can start looking at, at those running backs, depending on who's there. I think they're they're deep, they're deep deeper sleeper options uh, than some of the obvious running back sleepers. Uh so I'm going to talk about my other wide receiver sleeper. Sure. Uh, so my other wide receiver sleeper. Didn't know you had another one. I did. I oh. yeah. That's break, why I moved into running. Breaking back. news. Uh, breaking so news. <laughs> my other wide receiver breakout, not breakout sleeper. He could be a breakout, honestly. Is uh D.D. Westbrook of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I almost I, picked him. I really like D.D. heading into the season. Uh, being a security blanket, basically, for Nick Foles. Nick Foles, he loves to target the slot receiver. You saw Nelson Aguilar, his production jumped up uh, when uh, Nick Foles went into the offense there, as long as well as like the tight ends. The situation where in Philadelphia they mainly play the slot, so there go the slot receiver uh, benefits the most from Nick Foles' his, uh, production there. So D.D. Westbrook, he's a go-to guy, insanely good hands. He, can, he has a lot of separation, uh, very quick off the cut. So I, I think he's going to be a great asset in Jacksonville this season and he's going to become a number one receiver uh in the slot there all right that's my gut feeling I'm really sticking to it and he's a great value you're going to get him in round nine so if if you're able to get a 
player you feel is a breakout candidate in round nine. Jump on that all the time. Uh, I would not hesitate. If, if I saw D.D. Westbrook in round nine, I would scoop him up immediately. Um, not much of a really thought there for that. And you have a healthy Leonard Fournette right now. He's so... going to open up the running game. So if... play, play action passes for Nick Foles. That's where he thrives. D.D. Westbrook right in the slot there. Perfect. Yep. I mean, I think you're limited a little bit by Nick Foles. Not going to have... I don't think he's crazy upside, but I think he has... I, I like Westbrook I, like, for the he's fact... Not, he's a security player. not going to be wide receiver one. He's not even going to be... I don't even think he'll be mid-tier wide receiver two, but I could see him being like a lower-tier wide receiver two. I could see him being like a two or a very high-end flex option. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, into tight end. Who do you have as your tight end? You can start off. I've been talking a lot. Yeah. All right. So my sleeper tight end is Hunter Henry of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he's coming back from a devastating knee injury. He had a torn ACL, I believe, in training camp two years ago. Uh, kind of broke the hearts of a lot of fantasy players because he had such like he had a lot of hype heading into that 2017 season. Everyone was really high on him. He was going pretty early in drafts, actually, uh, at that point. And when he tore it, kind of broke everybody's heart, like I mentioned. So uh, heading into this year, I know he played in the playoffs. He looked pretty good in that limited role he had. Uh, with Antonio Gates, he they still got the, Gates, right? Uh, I don't know. If come, Gates I think is back. he came back. He, if he did, man, I feel like he came back. I, honestly, I'm not really. Too I'm gonna concerned. check. I'm gonna check this for even, you while you talk. Even if Gates did come back, I'm really confident in Hunter Henry's ability. Uh, from when he actually was healthy, he performed uh, at a very high clip. Uh, and from like the landscape of how tight ends are, I'm pretty confident that Hunter Henry will be able to sneak into that top that top range of uh, tight ends this season. So I'm pretty confident in Hunter Henry's ability. Yeah, um, it says he's currently an unsigned free agent on Roto World. I don't, so. think, he, I don't think he'll be signed at this point. <laughs> Going yeah. out on a limb, because he said he, he would only play for the Chargers, and if the Chargers aren't going to sign him, not really... Too much I mean, he put on he put on weight towards the end of his career. He, like, did. he was a big boy. He, yeah. he was a big boy. Um, Who's bigger than Teron Arbstead or... Antonio Gates. Oh, now it might be Antonio it's Gates. <laughs> I don't know what he's looking like now. Can we like line them up and get like a forty time for oh, both of them? Antonio Gates. Who's gonna win Toronto that? Teron Armstead or Antonio Gates? I wonder what his speed is in Madden. I gotta look. I want like what's his overall in Madden? I might have to try he's him got, out. I don't even know if he's in Madden. I don't. He's I don't gotta be. He's gotta be. He's gotta be in Madden somewhere. Um, yeah, I think it's a good tight end pick. I will say I don't think that's as deep of a sleeper because he's going. He's like the sixth. What is he, like sixth tight end off the board right now? Yeah, but I know people are kind of sleeping on him because he is coming off the injury. He's a little bit of a question mark and an unknown. But would you so. pick him over the top, any of the top five? Over Ebron or... Uh, Give me some or sorry, here. over... Okay. Uh, would you pick him over Evan Ingram, who you said... I would not. Yeah. And he, Evan Ingram's going before him. Uh, Kyle Rudolph? Yes. Okay. Eric Ebron? Uh, No. Wow, you wouldn't pick him over Eric Ebron. No. Interesting, because his ADP is about around higher than Eric Ebron. Mm. So I'm surprised. That... I think I think that's going to adjust itself. It's going to even out. But okay. I, Ebron, has, I think, is a better opportunity to look for the tight end a little more in that scheme than I think will happen in Los Angeles. Obviously, LA, great system, but they do have Keenan Allen there, Mike Williams there. Jared Cook? No. I would take uh well no I would, I would take Henry over Jerry yeah, Cook yeah yeah I'm not I'm not high on Jerry Cook this season okay okay makes sense uh my last sleeper my tight end sleeper is someone I just mentioned mentioned multiple times Kyle Rudolph I think I'm he's, shocked yeah he's my sleeper I think 
this Vikings offense is going to be good. Kyle Rudolph, if you look, he's consistent. Like, he's in the offense. He, I think it was like week 16 or something. Week 15, I don't know. One of his last weeks, he had like 30 fantasy points or something. He caught, yeah, like... I'm pretty sure before that he did, a, like, absolutely nothing. Uh, Yeah, but he, he was, like, on and off. When you're talking about tight ends, and you're talking about, like, late-round tight ends, all you're kind of expecting is, like, some sort of consistency points. And I think Kyle Rudolph has the opportunity to do that in the offense. I mean, I don't know what other tight ends around that, you know. Around Kyle Rudolph, you're playing with... I don't even know who's there. I know Eric Ebron I'd take ahead of him, but around Kyle Rudolph, I think you're kind of just taking shots, and I think he's in a good offense, so I'm going to take that shot on him. I mean, I'd rather have Kyle Rudolph than Jimmy Graham. Would you rather have Jimmy Graham? I'd rather have Kyle <sighs> Rudolph, but... Uh, that's just two big steaming piles of poop but, at but that the point. But is, is, the thing is, is... They're part of the top 12 tight ends, so some team's going to have one of those players. I'm going to make sure... If you're listening to this podcast, make sure you don't end up in that situation. <laughs> Please. Well, but the thing is, is if people reach on your okay. tight ends in would the you, draft... All right, would you take... I know this guy's a late-round guy. Would you take Kyle Rudolph or Vance McDonald? I'd take Vance McDonald. Okay. I'd take Vance McDonald. But Vance is also... Is he going ahead of Kyle Rudolph I think it's ADP? pretty... They're pretty close. Where's Kyle Rudolph's ADP right now? Uh, I... I think it's it's probably around round eight. I'm not sure. It's probably around it, it. It has to be late. It might be later than eight, honestly. But um, it, I don't love Rudolph, but I think he's a sleeper. I think he could easily have a good year. He's had good performances before with the Vikings and Vikings of Dalvin Cook back. I just want pieces into these high-powered offenses, and Kyle Rudolph could be that. We know it's going to be Thielen. We know it's going to be Diggs. Why not Kyle Rudolph for a little bit? Could happen. You it, it could. What, what we were saying with the tight ends, we have a, a bit of extra time here so we can kind of touch on it. What we were saying with the tight ends is if people reach on tight ends in, like, round five, once you once O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, once they start to go, like, are you just fully punting the position at that point? Are you just, like, completely waiting till the end? Because you said you don't want to get stuck with them, but does that mean, like, in the seventh round you, you'll be taking a guy, like, Kyle Rudolph or something like I, that. Like if let's say on the board all the top six are gone. Hunter Henry's gone. Eric Ebron's gone. Obviously Howard Ingram. If they're gone and you're sitting there in like round six, what do you do at that point? Uh, I could wait a few rounds because I know like in round like eight, round nine, you can get David Njoku, Eric Ebron, like you mentioned, Vance McDonald's there. So those are, those are three viable options for sure. I mean, you can even wait a few more rounds after that. Like, I like Austin Hooper this year. Delaney Walker's coming back. He's a big part of that Tennessee offense. So there are options there. Do so you think there are value picks at tight end that you can find for sure. in like the middle rounds? Yes, but you just don't want to ma- You want to make sure you don't end up with like a Jimmy Graham or Kyle Rudolph where you're really just hoping that you can get at least five points out of them. Yeah, I mean, my pick is mainly catered towards the end of the draft if you're not drafting a tight end. If early. you're going to get you're one... Not, you're like, not taking Kyle Rudolph over those types... You're not taking him over Vance. You're not taking him over those types of guys. But, I I mean, I get exactly what you're saying. If you're, like, like where would you draft Kyle Rudolph? Give me a round. I, I, you would feel confident in taking Kyle Rudolph. With his ADP, probably not to, like, 10 or 11. Because that I like tight ends that are higher than him. But I think once you get down to, if you're not drafting a tight end in, like, 7, 8, 9, just wait, 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 and just get, okay, like, Kyle would you, Rudolph. Would you rather left. have Kyle Rudolph or Trey Burton? Uh, I think I'd rather have Kyle Rudolph. I think I'd rather have Kyle Rudolph. I, I, Trey Burton has more upside, I think, but uh, 
sometimes he just like doesn't get the ball either. I mean, I know Trey Burton's ADP at this point is around like round thirteen. So at that point, I would take a shot with like an upside guy. I think Burton definitely does have a lot of upside in that offense. I know he had a few flash performances, and he got a little banged up towards the end of the year. But when he actually had a chance. He did, he did perform when he was given the opportunity. The, the, the opportunities, though, they were kind of few and far between. I know year two in the scheme, maybe there could be a slight shift in that. But I like his upside a little more than Rudolph. You know why I also like Kyle Rudolph? Hmm, why? Christmas is my favorite holiday. Uh, so Rudolph pairs up. Like, Ru- like Rudolph the Red Zone Reindeer? Exactly. Okay. Ha- that's a perfect team name. If I get Kyle Rudolph, I can change that my name. Change that to my name. Yeah. There we go. My team name before was Scott Chandler can die because you know Scott Chandler. Oh, you know, no offense to Scott that's Chandler. Oh, that's that's my favorite. No story. offense to Scott Chandler, but like who had him in our league? That was so who ha- annoying. Who had him? You played against him, didn't I don't you? Know. I think I think someone started him against you. But he just got like t- he got like just took touchdowns away from Gronk. He did. Like, did you have Gronk when that happened? Uh, I don't. You you had wait, you I had somebody had... from that offense, and we were in the red zone. Who, who was it? Who did you have that year? I think I might have had Gronk, and I might have had like Chandler on my bench or something because I think Gronk was dealing with injury, and it came down to like who you were gonna start. Yeah, I think, and I think you played somebody over Scott Chandler. Yeah, or something and breaking like, I don't news, know. I think Scott Chandler scored two touchdowns. Yeah, he like went off. He, he, I think he had a, like about sixteen or seventeen fantasy points, and the tight end he did start had about three points. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, he was. Texting in our fantasy group chat then, and he, <laughs> in all caps, he's just screaming, "Scott Chandler can die!" <laughs> now this is just a hypothetical. You know, I don't want Scott Chandler he, to die. No one, please, but please, nobody, wise, call, no one, call the police on Andrew, please. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. He just uh, wanted to destroy his fantasy value. He did not want Scott Chandler to die. We're big fans of we uh, of Scott Chandler in real life. He's a <laughs> great man. Well, hope he does hey, well. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna vouch for him. I, I, I'm gonna. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We love you, Scott Chandler, <laughs> friend of the podcast now. Oh wow, is he really? He is now. He's a friend of the podcast. I'm, I'm, gonna, now. I'm gonna DM him. We're gonna get him on the show. Oh, oh! If we can get Scott Chandler on the show, that'd be that'd be fantastic. All right, that'd be great. Sweet. Uh, I'll tell him this lovely story then for you. Yeah, I'm sure he won't mind. He maybe he'll give me something in consolation. Um, he might give you the bird on the way out. Uh, no. 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 Eagles should sign him. If he gets touchdowns. Anyway. Okay, anyway, enough Scott Chandler talk. Um I think that's about it for our episode. Did you see this going down that route? I didn't I didn't see this happening. No, but you know, it's fine. I'm just gonna relive my nightmares. Scott Chandler. Just... I've had plenty of those. Oh it's fine. gosh. Oh gosh. It's but, fine. Uh those are our phenoms. Um once again, quick to go over. Quarterback phenom for me. Uh, I'll run through them. Cam Newton, running back Devonta Freeman, wide receiver Robert Woods, tight end Eric Ebron. What were yours, Justin? Uh, mine were Carson Wentz at quarterback, Chris Carson at running back, Chris Godwin at wide receiver, and then Evan Ingram at tight end. And you just recently heard our sleeper, so I don't really think we need to run through that. But um, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, good luck in your drafts. Most likely coming up this weekend. If you've already drafted... Uh, draft later. <laughs> like you're just making a mistake. Draft later. Um, please reach out to us on social media. Interact with us. You have draft day questions? Let me know. I can help. You don't have to listen to me, but I can help with life issues as well. All right, Andrew, I am a counselor. I, give me some life issues here. What like what, what like what can you counsel us on? Uh, okay. When you go into your food cabinet, uh-huh. you open it. Yes. You're out of Doritos. 
That's the crisis. You turn your head. Yes. You see your mother coming home with groceries. Uh-huh. You say, are there Doritos? She says no. When she says no, do now, you... Now, what do you do in that moment? Um, I know you should not, like, run and tackle her. I know that's an option. See, now that's what I would recommend. It's, oh, see. Uh, because then you're making your point. And have you ever seen the Doritos commercials? I have. My they... f- the best one, the Super Bowl commercial, they're sitting there. I think it's the Magic 8-Ball. And, and the guy's, like, saying, well, like, will I get a promotion today? And then he throws it and hits his boss... Right in the area where obviously you could probably put one and two together. Uh, he does not get the promotion, and then it cuts to another scene. He says, Well, I get free Doritos today, and he chucks it at the vending machine. The glass shatters. <laughs> he, hence, he gets the free Doritos. And then it kind of just cuts, like, What did I just watch? But you're sitting there just crying, laughing inside. Yeah, you got sometimes you got to make some moves to you get, get your Doritos. You got to make some power moves. Yeah, exactly. Those cool, I like Cool Ranch. Uh, I'm a nacho cheese kind of guy. And that was our Doritos podcast. Thank you for right. <laughs> No, but uh, we appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us at the FF Phenoms on Twitter. Follow Justin at Justin Herforth. Follow me at Phenom AC. I think that about does it. And make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Play, Pocket Cast, <laughs> and wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you tune in next time. Subscribe to us. And see you next time. Peace. Peace.